in a world where some of the greatest motion pictures ever made are reaching their 30th anniversaries. One group of friends gathered together to pay tribute to these films. Pat Cantagallo. Dennis Matouche. Jeff Mazuka. Bo Wumbold. Each week we take a look back at one movie that is reaching that 30-year milestone. Whether you love seeing these films in the theater or enjoying them for the first time at home, we invite you to join us this year as we travel back in time to 1986. I am your host, John Reed, and you're listening to the 30-something Movie Podcast. you hear that you mentioned your name in the intro i i did hear that I that was my name. that was your name i i heard my name in this intro mm-hmm. i it's, heard your name in the intro it's, too. you know i that was a beautiful voice doing that whole intro it, it it's so like that, you're made for this it's i like know if it if the podcast was just my voice like on a constant loop i would totally not listen to it <laughs> depends on what you were saying yeah i well, you have you've you've joined Pat and I, and for tonight, Pat and I are the Thirty Something Movie Podcast. The rest of the guys have ditched us, uh, but for good reasons. Uh, okay. Jeff uh, Hefe Mazuka is uh, taking care of house stuff. Uh, he's he's getting a new house and getting rid of the old one, so he's taking care of that kind of stuff. Um, Dennis is the absent-minded professor, so I think he just totally forgot. Um, but that's okay. You know, Pat still loves you. And, yeah, I still uh, love, and he's in the middle of coaching, so I mean, and you know, he's in the middle of coaching, so we can we lineups can, and we'll give him okay. that too. We just expect his team to win. Um, and then, speaking of teams that are winning right now, uh, Bo is actually at the Cubs home opener tonight, so that's where that's, yeah, that's where Bo good. is at. You know, Bo loves the football, so he's at the, uh, yeah, he's at the he, Cubs. He made a text about it. he was going to be freezing somewhere, and I'm just like, what's he doing there? Like, it yeah. just didn't even register. Yeah. So now, supposedly it's. Uh, it's it's not that warm right now, and, and the sun is still up. So that's exciting. It's, it's just gonna that's get colder. Um, yeah. Speaking of sports, we're not a sports podcast, but did you see uh, the other day? Do you follow basketball at all? Ish, because I don't. But I did happen to see the other day. The only reason that I follow basketball is because I have the ESPN app on my phone, and it said that the Golden State Warriors had tied the Bulls, the ninety five ninety six Bulls record for seventy two wins in a season. Really? And they've got one game left. It'll actually be Wednesday night, the night this, the day this episode comes out, last their last game of the season. So if they win that game, they will break the ninety five ninety six Bulls record, um, and they will be seventy three and nine. Wow! Because then ninety five ninety six Bulls were seventy two and ten. That's pretty cool. So that was kind of cool. I'm not a Golden State fan, but that's one of those I- records that was kind of a big deal back then. So I think that's kind of cool that somebody else may have a chance to break it. That's always cool to see about the records and everything. Yeah. I to confess. I know as much about basketball as like what, what I learned in NBA jam. Yeah. That, that's yeah. That's the extent yeah. of my basketball knowledge. But I, I know that I know that. And I know I can't play. So <laughs> that's or, all right. or that's I can, right. or I can, but it's kind of like a, I don't even know what it is. It's, it's, it's sort of like, it's like a rhino trying to do ballet. See, if I play basketball, it's got to be like Bobby Knight style, where I don't let anyone in to watch. You throw chairs at people and you choke them? That might happen, too. Okay. That works, too. That's fine. Right, you, right. Well, that's you know, cool. Good on them. For, you, take the, uh, you take the skills you've been given and you work with them. Right. 
Well, we are not the 30-something sports podcast, um, as you can tell from our extensive commentary, but we are the 30-something movie podcast, because that's something we do know a little bit about. And uh, this is episode number 64. This will be released on April 13th, 2016. And this time around, we are taking a look at Invaders from Mars, the 1986 version. So very, very quickly, we do spoil the events of every movie we talk about and some that we're not even planning to talk about. We may mention them in the course of our discussion. So we spoil movies. You know, that being the case, if you don't want to be spoiled, definitely make sure that you go watch Invaders from Mars first, either the 1953 or the 1986 one. Um, but we may spoil some other stuff too, because we tend to just talk and stuff comes out. So, uh, if you don't want to be spoiled on movies, then just like listen with one ear. Right. I don't think that works. Get, I, I don't know. Give it a try. Stick, stick a finger in one ear and then just listen with the other one. And maybe you'll only get like half a spoiler. Yeah, that's, that's true. And I gotta be honest with this movie. I, I, I mean, we could tell the whole thing and probably still not spoil it. And you know. I think that would be we're gonna safe. we're probably gonna end up talking for the next twenty minutes about the Rogue One trailer and then maybe like five minutes on Invaders from Mars. I think that is probably the way it's gonna go. So before we get there though, because we'll get there. Um oh, if you could yeah. go ahead and leave us a review on iTunes. Uh it's totally okay if you give us five stars. If you want to give us six stars, that's okay too, but iTunes only goes up to five stars. But if you want to write into iTunes and tell them that they need to include a sixth star out of five just so you can give it to the 30-something movie podcast, that's totally fine. So right. Go, go right ahead. We're fine with that. Yeah, we're totally okay with that. So, I again, I am joined tonight by my co-host, Pat Canigala. Welcome. Hey, hey. Okay. We're gonna, and we're going to talk a little Invaders from Mars. But first off, I think we need to talk a little Rogue One. Um, so why don't I want to go ahead and play that little trailer for us? It's just this little tiny teaser trailer that popped up this week, uh, this last yeah. week. And um, let's go ahead and play the audio for that, and we'll, we'll be back in just a second. Yes. State your name for the record. Jin Erso. Forgery of imperial documents, possession of stolen property, aggravated assault, resisting arrest. On your own from the age of 15. Reckless, aggressive, and undisciplined. This is a rebellion, isn't it? I rebel. We have a mission for you. A major weapons test is imminent. We need to know what it is and how to destroy it. Is that clear? Yes, sir. What will you do when they catch you? What will you do if they break you? If you continue to fight, Wow, man, that was pretty awesome. That was pretty awesome. Go back, go back to the Conan or not Conan. Um, Command, yeah, Commando. Conan, um, Commando. 
Commando podcast mm-hmm. where we previewed the Star Wars Episode Seven trailer, mm-hmm. and like I just freaked out for a couple. Yeah, play that again. I um, yeah, I think I've watched. Jeez, oh, <laughs> I, I don't, even, <laughs> I don't even know what to say. I mean, that was just like in my wildest dreams. I didn't know that Star Wars could go that direction, and that was like a two minute preview. Right. I um, I don't know what to say, man. Other than that, just looks really awesome. So some interesting things about this one is there's supposed to be no Jedi in this movie at all. So it'll be the first Star Wars without any Jedi. Okay. So that'll be a little bit different. Um, it, a couple of things that I really, really liked about it was, and you kind of get it, first of all, you get it when you see um, Jin, the main character, Jin Erso, being taken in in handcuffs, looks like, to a rebel base. And like they've recreated that rebel base. If that's supposed to be the one on Yavin, from the first movie, then they've recreated that beautifully. It looks just like it. Um, but then just some of the other little touches, like to make you, to remind you that this is supposed to be older, like this is taking place around the time of episode four. Right. And I remember the first thing that really caught my attention was that alarm sound. Yeah. When that alarm sound went off, I'm like, ooh, Death Star alarm. That's a Death Star alarm. Right. And I got really excited for it. I'm like, well, that, that's really, like, that's a little tiny detail. But it's really cool, like the fact yeah. that you're paying that much attention to detail to get this kind of back into, you know, this is like episode three and a half. Yes. Yeah, that that looks slick. I, I, to just say, you know, and we've talked about this, why does things have to go darker mm-hmm. to make it um, more powerful? But, you know, and sometimes it just seems cheesy. It's like, why do we have to go to that direction? This looks really cool. And I don't know. If go it's for just, it. Yeah, I, I. Maybe because it just seems to have a darker tone to it. And I don't know why. Like, I don't know why. Is this darker than, like, if a trailer was made? And maybe, I honestly I honestly think that it was largely the music. The the, the music themes that they picked were um, really just kind of brought that, that darker, more heavy-duty kind of uh, um, uh, feel to it, mm-hmm. which, you know, which made it seem cool. Um, they're also showing... Not, you know, the other movies seem to show either, you know, fighter combat, you know, like spaceships flying around space or sword combat, you know, Jedis fighting with lightsabers or, you know, armies fighting each other. This one seemed to show at least that one thing in the town square. This seemed to show a little bit more like resistance fighters, you know, yeah, an Imperial squad gets taken down, you know, she's this rebel that's, you know, whooping up on these stormtroopers and things are blowing up and bodies are flying all over the place. And it's, um, well, the idea that you got to, it seems like just from the trailer and I'm, I'm trying not to, you know, read up too much on this so I don't get too spoiled with it, but it kind of seems like it's a a very much like a seven samurai kind of thing. Like you got to get together this group and then you got to go ultimately steal the plans for the Death Star. Right. And so, you know, that's, you know, and I guess a little bit about it, like, what will you become? Like, okay, how how dark will you be to do this? That, I mean, I didn't even begin to contemplate that right until I listened to it this time. I guess everything else I was caught with was just, you know, who are these characters? They're not the Jedi. They're not the, they're just more rogue. Maybe the, you know, like she said, I mean, how cool is that? A character that just, you know, she likes rebelling. She mm-hmm. likes you know, so that's why they're using her to, you know, go after the Empire. Because you're not I, guaran- you're not guaranteed that everybody who joins your rebellion is a good guy. Right. You know, you're and, gonna you're gonna attract some 
types that just want to fight and right and and it and every time i watch it by the time i'm really like awesome oh it's over again darn it like i always yeah that's why youtube 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 has that magical little replay button yeah i Mm -hmm. keep replaying it and Mm -hmm. and i wish i could come up with specifics but again other than you know they're stealing the Death Star plans, they really just like with the episode one tr- or episode seven trailer, they're really not telling you that much. So I can just keep watching it and watching it and watching it just because it's it's just wow, it's mm-hmm. it's good. Yeah, it's it, good. there's a there's a couple people that have they've compared it to, and I don't know that we know enough details to really say it's going to be like this, but some people have said that because it's a because ultimately you're trying to steal something. Some people have said it's going to be like the Star Wars version of Ocean's Eleven or, okay. you know, something like that, kind of one of those heist movies. And, you know, I that's fine. I'm okay with that. I, I like the Ocean's Eleven movies. I like a good heist movie. So if it's going to be a Star Wars heist movie and you reveal maybe a, a few villains that we haven't seen before, my only thing about this one, and I know that in, in episodes four, five, and six, Star Wars, Empire, and Return of the Jedi, I know that it's very contained, like it's only in one little corner of the galaxy that all that stuff is going on. But at the same time, sometimes I see characters in here like the new Stormtroopers right. that are in this one, and I'm like, well, where were those guys in, you know, if, if we had those guys, why weren't they on Endor during the Battle of Endor? Right. Or, you know, stuff like that, which I guess, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm sure there's I'm, details. Right. I'm sure there's some kind of an explanation. It's like, you know, they those guys had the week off or those guys were handling something else while the Battle of Endor was going on or right. whatever. So I'm I'm fine with that. I'm not I'm not gonna be too picky. Now I did put this up as a poll on Twitter, um, whether or not uh people like this or not. We didn't get too many responses. We just got just got a handful of responses. Um, but of the responses we got, about a third of the responses um said that they were not excited. So I thought that was kind of interesting. And I've read a few people online. They're like, yeah, great. Disney's ruining everything. And I'm, I'm watching this trailer going, I, I don't see anything being ruined here. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm a pretty big Star Wars fan. And I'll, I'll, even, I'll even admit to being a fan of one, two, and three. You know, they're not my favorites of all the Star Wars movies. But I still liked them. But I don't see how this movie is ruining anything. If anything, I'm more excited about this movie after having seen the trailer yeah. I'm way more excited about this movie than probably any of the prequels, the one, two, and three. Yeah, I, you know, I, you know, people that say they're ruining it, either that's the, their entire Star Wars universe consists of episode, the, the fourth, fifth, and sixth before they added in all the extra footage. Mm-hmm. Okay, because, I mean, those are kind of the same people that got upset when they added all the extra footage. Right. Um, which I, I will defend some of that too, because while I agree some of the extra footage was a little silly, go to the go to the uh, dogfight at the end of the first movie, the dogfight of the, the ships over the Death Star, and that extra footage helped. I mean, it, it was it was still oh, yeah. good in the '70s one, but that extra footage really helped that last fight. Oh, oh yeah, no, I right back at you. I mean, I I get that it goes back and forth, but I think it's. And I'm not trying to knock anyone, but I think you yeah. run into the purest thing. Yeah. You know, like we were discussing on one of the other podcasts, people that um, think record records sound better than CDs. And mm-hmm. they're, you know, it's like there might be some truth of that between the analog and digital signal. But yeah. when it comes down to it, it might just be nostalgia. Right. Same thing with Star Wars. I think you run into people that just say, oh, no, well, we, you know, 
why are you adding in an episode 3.5 with the people that aren't the Jedi? This is not traditional. This is heresy. And right. okay, you know, all right, this is not traditional. You got, you got to prove it. You know, they got to earn it with this movie. But in the same token, it might just be nostalgia speaking because I, boy, I don't know. I've, I, you know, like I told my mom, I'm just like, I, I feel like I'm 13 again. Like I didn't I know. know Star Wars could do this. <laughs> yeah. And the cool thing too is, you know, and I, I know the Jedi are a huge component in, of, of Star Wars. And I know that didn't Lucas say the whole thing is supposed to, you know, the whole one, two, three, four, five, six is supposed to be about the rise and fall and redemption of Anakin Skywalker. That's right. kind of when you come right down to the core theme, that's who it's about. But I kind of felt that in one, two, and three, they got away from something that I really liked about four, five, and six. And that was all the other parts of the universe that were not Jedi. Right. I mean, the idea of hotshot pilots like Han Solo, smugglers, um, you know, snow speeder combat, right. you know, all these other sorts of exciting things that were aside from Jedi and the, the dogma and the good versus evil with the Sith and so forth, they kind of seem to get away from that in one, two, and three. And what I like about this is now they're saying, okay, now we're going to focus on all these other parts of the Star Wars universe. Yeah. In a way, and I mean, I might be taking it way down the geek wormhole here, but do it. In a way, I almost thought of this as when I saw it, as I said, I wonder if this is going to be the Star Wars version of like the Deep Space Nine series for Star Trek, where it's not traditional in that they're not on a ship exploring space. They're kind of stuck on a space station and you're seeing all these other parts of the society that, you know, they kind of don't show you in the typical Star Trek episodes. So I wonder if this is going to kind of be... I, I'm sure it didn't even enter their minds, but I wonder if this is going to kind of function as the same thing. It's not going to be about the Jedi or, you know, Han Solo and Chewbacca and so forth. This is going to be about, you know, other people. And it's not going to necessarily show these sterling, you know, wonderful leaders. This is going to show a little bit more of the rogues and the, the you know, the ruffians of mm -hmm. society. Well, and if you think about it, that very first Star Wars movie, the one from 77, episode four, if you think about it, there's really not all that much Jedi in that either. You, the only yeah. Jedi you've got is Obi-Wan Kenobi, and the only Jedi action you see is him sword fighting Vader at the end, and then him you know, whispering sweet nothings into Luke's ear while during the uh, X-Wing battle, and that's pretty much it. So for the majority of that movie, even though you get him talking about the Force every now and then, it's not a big feature of that movie. Well, you're right. And I mean, that was kind of one of the things that neither here nor there, I, people like it or hate it, but that was something. And I remember they talked about in one, two and three, people said, you know, before the Jedi were something like mystics, mm -hmm. you didn't see a Jedi temple. You didn't see tons of Jedis. You didn't see, you know, tons of lightsabers. Right. In one, two and three, suddenly the Jedi, it goes from like a mystic thing to more of a, it's like a rave when somebody broke out the glow sticks. Right. There's, there's lightsabers everywhere. There's a temple where, you know, you've got Jedi classes and the young kids and the old kids and the experienced ones and the librarian and everything like that. You know, the force isn't just the energy field that binds us, but there's this scientific, oh, well, you have this many midichlorians in your body. So, mm -hmm. you know, it was, it, they just brought it out a little bit more, neither good nor bad. It's what they did, but yeah, 
So all right. Well, so that's so that's the Rogue One trailer, and I'm sure we're going to be hearing a lot more about that. There is also a rumor flying around that um, because it is what are we a year and a half out right now from Episode Eight. Uh, there is a bit of a rumor flying around that we could possibly see one of the first trailers for episode eight a little bit later on this summer. Yes. So I, I doubt that that will be too much. Like they may show little tiny bits here and there, just kind of like they did with the first one for episode seven, just little flashes of things and <coughs> a little, maybe, maybe a voiceover or two. But um, so rumor is that may be coming out a little bit later this summer. So we're, we're kind of, we'll look forward to that one too. Yes. Yeah. But, I'm still firmly in the more Star Wars, more better camp. I Oh, yeah. I, I think the people that, I, well, I don't know. Maybe this is calling them out. The people that are saying, oh, my gosh, Disney's ruined Star Wars. I mean, you're going to have to connect the dots for me because that just looks pretty amazing right. to me. Well, and and for some people who say, like, oh, we're, we're getting, um, you know, like superhero and comic book movie overkill. Like, there's too many superhero movies. I'm like, oh, well, no. <laughs> there's There's plenty of good if they would just do them right. And that goes back to earlier discussion from another episode. But if they would do these stories right, and if they would use the stories from the comics, like stuff that's already been done, been done very well, then you can tell as many stories as you want. I, you know, comic books have been going for decades and decades and decades, nearly over a century, and there's still plenty of good stories to tell. So, I, I don't know. Me as a fan, if they came out and they said, "Oh, hey, we're going to be making," you know, five more X-Men movies and we're going to make uh, two more Ant-Mans and another five Iron Man movies and three Batman movies and Flash movies, Green Lantern. At no point in time am I ever going to go, oh, I am, I'm getting so tired of yeah. these comic books. No, I'm not going to get tired of it. You keep making them and I will keep going. Yeah. And if you, you don't want to go, then don't go. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And if you make them poorly, I won't watch them. Right. I'll, I'll wait till they come out uh, on Netflix or something. Right, exactly. So, all right. Well, that's going to do it for, I don't think we have any more new movie news. Did you have anything else? No, nothing more okay. about movies. That Rogue One was pretty much, that Yeah, that, occupied that all of our time. Seems... Oh, so real fun, real funny thing real quick, and I'm going to pick on you just a little bit. So, Dennis and Jeff originally said, you know, we're not watching, uh, we're not watching trailers. You know, we're not going to do it. We're going to stay pure. Something I want to go see, I'm not watching the trailer. So this thing came out, uh, what was it, Thursday morning? Thursday morning. Thursday morning, okay. So Thursday morning, and I pulled over, I was driving to work, and I pulled over so I could watch it when I realized that it had already come out. And then I got to school, and I was like, okay, I, I got to talk to somebody. So mm-hmm. I, I went to Dennis real quick, and I'm like, have you seen it? And he's like, no, I'm, I'm not watching trailers. Like, oh. So then I go find Jeff. I'm like, Jeff, have you seen it? He's like, nope. I, you know, I'm going to try what Dennis is doing. I'm, I'm just not going to watch any trailers. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Nobody, I can't talk to anybody. And so then I stopped in your room, but you had a lesson going on with some kids. Right. And I right. just looked at you. I was like, did you see it? And you're like, yeah, I saw it. And I'm like, yeah. Did you? And the thing, and the, yeah. Without going into any specifics. Then you come back later on into, right. in, in, into one of the offices where I'm working and we both start talking, and I'm like, well, I'm going to put it on the computer right now. And I start it up, and you go, what's this? <laughs> and I'm like, what do you mean, what's this? This is the thing we were talking about. So for, for those who don't know us, um, Pat had actually seen the, uh, they're, they're calling it the motion poster. Uh, it came out like a year ago, maybe about a year yeah. ago. I think it came out with one of the, cel- the Star Wars Celebration uh, conventions that they have. 
and it was they called it a motion poster. Um, I think it was motion poster, and basically what it was, it was just kind of um, you know panning up from the jungle, and you could see like the the outline of the Death Star in the sky, and I think you heard um, sounds Al- of battle. Al- Alec, you heard so like sounds of battle, and I think was it Alec Guinness was saying um, you know something about before the dark times, before the Empire, that whole thing. Yeah. Um, you know, the Jedi Knights were the guardians of peace and justice and and it and that's all it was. And so that's what you had seen. And so and when I so so then when I said, Did you see the trailer? You're like, Yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> and then I start to put on the video and you're like, Whoa, 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 stop, whoa, whoa. What is this? <laughs> I'm like, but th- didn't we just talk about this? Didn't we share a moment and, and discuss? <laughs> no, but play it. Yeah, that was that was like Christmas came twice a year, man, because mm. I was just excited for the motion, the the moving poster or whatever you called it. And it was I know. Just like, oh, my gosh, my brain is racing. And I then when like, they actually, oh, yeah. Was like, if, was, if you were excited for a 15 second motion poster, let me I got something to show you. Yeah, that was cheese, uh, man. That was pretty <laughs> awesome. That was pretty awesome. All right. Well, well, speaking of. No, I can't even do it. Um, we're going to be talking about Invaders from Mars. I'm, I'm not going to call this one awesome, but... Um, yeah. We'll, we'll oh, get to... it was awesome. <laughs> well, there were moments that I was full of awe. Yeah. Or, you know, depending some on... Moments. Some of it hey. was Some of it was awe, like, awe. And some of it was awe, like, awe. Oh. Yeah. Hey, before you go uh, with, the, with the intro with this, yeah, yeah. Um, I, you know, videos, and obviously this isn't movies... Um, but we were talking about this in one of the other episodes, the SpaceX uh, company. Yeah. SpaceX, it's by that, um, was it Elon Musk? Mm-hmm. He's the guy that owns the Tesla car company. Yeah. Anyway, they are doing a whole, it's a private company, and they're doing a whole bunch, bunch to advance, you know, space exploration and rocketry and so forth. And he's working with NASA. And there is just a plethora of videos on, the, on YouTube. You, you and, would, you would mean, say they have a plethora? I would say they have a plethora, and I looked it up and know that they have a you, plethora. You know what a plethora is? Okay. I know what a plethora is. Because um, I, I would hate to find out that you told me they had a plethora of videos when you don't even know what a plethora is. No, man. I'm, I'm down with it. I know what the plethora is. Okay, good. But um, there's some really cool stuff that they're doing. And you know, oh, yeah. when, when you have to take a break from the Rogue One trailer, and I literally did this. I watched for an hour. I watched Rogue One and then – SpaceX there you go. and then Rogue One and and I mean they're doing everything from landing rockets on barges in the middle of the Pacific and things that you see in the movie Martian are, are mm-hmm. coming to fruition and well see it's and it's just it's kind of cool because for the very first time see it had been I didn't have a chance to see the Martian up until we finally got it uh, rented it on video the other day and so I had gone this entire time not seeing the movie loved the book read the book and loved it. Um, but we got the movie and that was one of the comments we were making was like, isn't this kind of cool that stuff that they're doing in this movie, we're probably not that far away from. And, and then looking yeah. at, so that to me, that's kind of a cool thing. You know, we talk about how it's, it's exciting to be around like now when new star Wars is coming out, new movies are coming out, you know, transformers, superheroes, all this other stuff. But at the same time, it's almost like, I don't know, it's probably not as widespread uh, because I just don't, I don't feel like as many people are as excited about it. But to be able to see this stuff and realize we're probably not that far away from sending people to Mars. Yeah. I'm like, that's got to be a very similar feeling to when people were thinking like we were going to go to the moon. Like, yes. That's cool. And we were probably, I, I expect to see it not just in my lifetime, but within the next few years. Yeah. 
Yeah, so that's, yeah, I think so. And I mean, there's, like I said, as far as the videos go, there's a lot of cool videos, stuff that's just real technical, and then stuff that's like broken down for, you know, layman's terms kind of thing. So yeah. it's pretty neat. Nice. And that's and that's perfect for our month this month because we're doing sci-fi movies. So you want exactly. to get a little, get a little, get a little sci with your fi, then you can go check out those videos. That's right. All That's right. Like, well, we're gonna we're gonna get on into it. Uh, we are taking a look at Invaders from Mars. Now there are a couple of Invaders from Mars, uh, the 1953 version, which we will talk about maybe just a little bit. Um, I don't think you saw the 53 version one though. I haven't seen it yet, but okay. I'm okay. So I I will mention a few things here and there because I have seen both. Um, cool. I I have seen the 86 version and both of the 1953 versions, the U.S. and the U.K. version. So I'm, I'm I'm the expert here, I guess. I can say, hey man. You know, if you've got, you got to be an expert in something, then. Um, this one came out June 6, 1986. It was rated PG. The director for this one is Toby Hooper, uh, who did The Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the original one from 1974, and Poltergeist. Uh, the producers on this one, this is a Canon Films film, so it's Yoram Globus and Menachem Golan. Um, again, they did Delta Force, Cobra, Over the Top, Superman 4, all of those very schlocky classics. Uh, Richard Blake was one of the writers. He died in 1954. He, well, he's listed as one of the writers because he did write the original Invaders from Mars, and this movie is basically copying that movie. Um, so they list him as one of the writers. Dan O'Bannon, who died in 2009, uh, he did the screenplays for Alien, Return of the Living Dead, and Total Recall. Don Jacoby did uh, the writing for Life Force, Death Wish 3, and Arachnophobia. The music for this was done by Christopher Young. He did Hellraiser, Species, The Grudge, and Spider-Man 3. Uh, budget on this one, now, I, the budget I have on here is $7 million, and I, I pulled that from Wikipedia. That was one of the only places I could find it, but there was one other place that said it was $12 million. So I don't know which one is correct, because, I don't know, I, I don't know that sources were cited very well, and as a language arts teacher, you should always cite your sources. Yeah. Um, but what I was able to find was it's either seven or 12 million. Either way, it didn't make it back because it only made 4.9 million in the box office. There's that. There you go. So a, a flop either way. Um, all right. So in this one, we have Karen Black, uh, who died in 2013. She played school nurse Linda Magnuson. She was an easy writer and a house of a thousand corpses. Hunter Carson played the young David Gardner. I'll get you, David Gardner. Uh, was in Paris, Texas, bullfighter, and he actually was Bud Bundy in the unaired pilot of Married with Children um, before he was replaced with the actor whose name I'm blanking out on, but who ultimately ended up becoming the Bud Bundy that was in the show. Right. Uh, Timothy Bottoms uh, just has a fun name. Uh, he played George Gardner, David's dad. He was in the last picture show, The Paper Chase and The Girl Next Door. Lorraine Newman from Saturday Night Live uh, played yeah, Ellen Gardner, cool. the bomb. That was kind of cool to see her in this. Yeah, I mean, I had seen this as a kid, but I don't think I put two and two together on who the mom was. Right. Um, she did some voice work for some Disney cartoons. She was Wally and Up, uh, and then again, Saturday Night Live. Uh, James Karen played uh, General Clement Wilson. He was in Return of the Living Dead, Wall Street, The Pursuit of Happiness. Bud Court played Mark Weinstein. He was one of the um, scientists, the NASA guys. Uh, he was in Harold and Maude, Dogma, and The Little Prince, the movie that uh, the Little Prince movie that's just now coming out, I think, on Netflix. There's a whole story behind that movie. It, it looks really good. It's a, a thing like a little stop motion animation movie. Looks cool. really, really good. Should be a good movie for kids. And there's a really weird story about why it's not coming out in theaters. So 
I, I'll explain that some other time, but it looks good. So if you have Netflix or if, if that's actually where it's coming out, go check it out. Uh, Louise Fletcher played Mrs. Melk McKelch. I always say that wrong. Mrs. McKelch, the teacher. She was in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, Flowers in the Attic, and Cruel Intentions. Jimmy Hunt. He, Jimmy Hunt was the original. Um, his name was David McLean, the little boy from the 1953 movie. was Jimmy Hunt. In this movie, he played the police chief. Cool. Um, so he was in a couple of other movies, Sorry, Wrong Number from, I think, the ni- early 1940s or 1950s, and The Original Invaders from Mars, 1953, and then didn't really do a whole lot until showing up in this movie again. Uh, Eric Pierpoint played Sergeant Major Rinaldi. He was in Forever Young, uh, the TV show Alien Nation, Liar Liar with Jim Carrey, and Transformers Revenge of the Fallen. And then finally, Christopher Allport, who died in 2008, Played Captain Curtis. Uh, he was in To Live and Die in L.A., Jack Frost, and Jack Frost 2, Revenge of the Mutant Killer Snowmen. The only run I included, the only reason I included that one was so I could read the title, Revenge of the Mutant Killer Snowmen, because how many times do you get to say that? You don't, not much, man. Just this today. is it. Just today. Uh, so Rotten Tomatoes. So I looked up uh, some Siskel and Ebert uh, cinema score. And Rotten Tomatoes was not able to find a cinema score, was not able to find Siskel and Ebert. Rotten Tomatoes, the critic gave the critics. Oh. Okay. Um, Beetlejuice is still a few years away, but. I going to say, there we go. We'll get there. Okay, now if I can untie my tongue. All righty. Critics gave this, there we go. Critics gave this one a 36%, and the audience gave it a generous 34%. Uh, this one was nominated for two Razzie Awards. If you're not familiar with the Razzies, the Razzies are the awards for bad movies and bad actors. Uh, this one was nominated for two Razzies, nominated for Worst Supporting Actress, uh, Louise Fletcher as Mrs. McKelch, and Worst Visual Effects, uh, John Dykstra and Stan Winston. Good for them. So, uh, David Gardner has witnessed a UFO land in the marsh behind his house. Every adult who goes to investigate comes back mm, a little different. The only person left who seems to believe David is Linda, the school nurse. You can always trust your school nurse. Uh, David and Linda will have to find a way to combat the alien threat and hold back the invaders from Mars. Let's take a, let's, let's take a little listen here to the uh, trailer audio of this, and then we'll be back here in just a moment. David Gardner just woke up to a nightmare in his own backyard. But no one will listen. We landed right back there, right behind the hill. No one will believe. I told you, he needs psychiatric help. And soon, no one will be left. Dad? Are you okay, Dad? (laughs) Fine. Because something strange is happening to the people of Willow Creek. Everything's fine now. And David Gardner is about to find out why. David! I'm gonna find my mom and dad! I'm David Gardner! Films presents Toby Hooper's Invaders from Mars. There's no place on Earth to hide. 
And then, and then the kid wakes up, and it turns out the whole thing was a dream. And it just, I, I don't even know. I mean, oh wait, hey. we, we, how's it going? We should it's probably good. we should probably start at the beginning. Hey, you know what? And I've just got sorry about the delay. I no. just there was something that landed behind the house. I went up over the hill, checked it out. Everything's you okay know, now. Everything's okay now. But here, look at the back of my neck. See, I got nothing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Got nothing. That I don't know. That doesn't mean anything. Yeah, I know. They could have. They're advanced by now. They could have, like, I don't know, done something. Yeah, yeah. I have a funny story about that. I'll tell you in just a minute. Um, so with this one, uh, I don't have too much on the background of this one because it is what it is. Um, it's kind of a what you see is what you get kind of movie. Uh, yes. So there's not like they did a whole bunch of like making of documentaries and things like that. As far as I know, there's no. Um, I don't know that there's any director commentary on the DVD, so don't rush right out and and you know feel like you need to go get that if uh, if you're looking for director commentary and, and extras and things like that. So a couple things that I do have on this one, um, I've already mentioned one. Uh, Jimmy Hunt, the actor, played David McClane in the original Invaders from Mars, but played the police chief in this 86 remake. Uh, the Gardner family mailbox indicates that the town they live in is Santa Mira, which was the setting of Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Uh, so a little, little nod to that movie. And the original 1953 version of the movie was the first to show aliens and their spacecraft in color. And it was actually, the production was hurried up uh, so that it could get out into theaters and beat the 1953 War of the Worlds movie. Okay. So, so that's what, I think that's about all I got for background on this one. Um, I did do something also on, I've been busy on the Twitters. Um, so I did send out a little message, and we got a few responses, and a handful of responses. Um, asked people to let us know which one they liked better, uh, the 1953 version or the 1986 version. Um, got okay. three responses back, and of the three responses, I got one response from S. Anthony Thomas, at S. Anthony Thomas, uh, who I believe is a, a comedian. He's got his own podcast. Um, he said the 1953 version. He liked that okay. one. And then we had two responses for the 1986. So 1986 actually got, you know, one more love than the uh, 53 version did uh, from the Passersby podcast at Passersby pod and Poop Culture podcast at The Poop Culture. So those two yeah. liked the 1986 version better than the 1953 version. So Okay. Okay. So you'll have to withhold judgment until you see the 53 one, but... Right. So there was a right. little, little bit more love for this one than the 50s one. Now, um, and I'm, like I said, I had to step away, so I don't mm -hmm. want to bust the flow of how you wanted this to progress, but what was your take between the two? Can you want to, or do, where do you want to start? I don't want well, to. Well, I, I was going to start with, you know, we usually do like likes and dislikes. Okay. Um, so okay, what let's, did you, let's, let's, let's start with that. Then. What did you, what did you like about this one? Before I start talking about it, I want to find out what you liked about it. Was this the first time you ever saw it? Yeah, this is the first time I saw it. Okay. Um, you know, I'll be, I'll, I'll, you know, as, as a fan of Saturday Night Live, it was fun seeing Lorraine Newman in there. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, I, you know, what did I like about it? I. It was cool to see Lorraine Newman. <laughs> it was cool to see Lorraine Newman. I, I mean, and I don't want to. Here's going to be one of those things that say, like, you know, I really didn't mind the movie or I really. But I, I just can't say what I liked about it. I mean, it, you know, it was, it was, I, I, I've seen it described as a cult classic and I could see it. It was, it's like, okay, the movie started and it stopped and there were aliens and, 
the kid had to fight the aliens and So you're trying to say out. you're trying to say this movie didn't even rock your world with a gentle breeze. Yeah, I guess I guess I I guess you could say that. I mean from a from a humorous standpoint, once they got like the Marines involved, mm-hmm. then it it really started being funny. Like some of the delivery of lines and the way that the the quote unquote acting was being done. Um, I, I thought that was rather humorous. And I think the movie, I probably would have enjoyed it better if they would have just done that throughout. Um, but this was just a case of a movie that it just didn't really realize how funny it was. <laughs> and so I guess, I guess that the, the little bits of humor and um, seeing Lorraine Newman in it, I, I, I guess that would be it, you know? Okay. Yeah. I watched this one as a kid. Um, I didn't, as far as I know, I didn't see it in the theater. Um, but I mean, stuff like this, my dad loved stuff like this, you know, okay. monster movies, alien movies. He had probably seen, in fact, I could almost guarantee he had seen the one from the fifties. Um, cause he used to watch, you know, like invasion of the body snatchers and, um, you know, war of the worlds and uh, this one, the invaders from Mars. And so he had seen a lot of those old sci-fi movies and he liked those and, and you know this this would have been the kind of movie that he would have loved watching with us, and he did. So he he made the kids watch it, and I remember okay. as, I remember as a kid being terrified of this movie, like the whole idea of you're a kid and it's taking all the adults, and like you're the only one left, and well, what what can a kid do against all this stuff? And I remember as a, as a kid just being genuinely scared of this movie, and scared of the idea that this this could possibly happen. Right. And so as a kid, it was a scary movie. Like it, it succeeded in being a scary movie from a kid's point of view. Right. Watching it again as an adult, not so much. But, okay. But, you know, as a kid, I did. I, I enjoyed this movie. Now, saying that after we watched this, and I, I think I told you guys this story before, but um, after we watched this, you, of course you got the scene where the, the adults are all being taken, you know, the dad shows back up and he's, you know, right. he's kind of zombified. He's like, okay, everything's fine. Everything's all right. And then ultimately when they take the mom, uh, you get that scene where it shows up where, where she's there the next morning, she's burning breakfast. Right. And, and she's got the, she's got the, the mark on her, on the back of her neck. Right, and they kind of figure out something's going on, and then she eats like the raw hamburger meat, and the, um, you know, the dad's drinking the the really hot coffee and eating the burnt bacon, and so after we watched this, so we must have rented it and watched it at home, and after we watched it the next morning, my mom got up, and as she was making breakfast, she was purposefully burning our breakfast, and nice. she and she had put a band aid on the back of her neck. Oh, jeez. And I remember, like, at first, and, and I think she pulled it off pretty well, because I remember at first being a little creeped out by it. I would have been probably, like, seven or eight at the time. Right. So I remember being maybe, like, a little creeped out about it, but still knowing that, like, no, it's just a movie. That's not My mom didn't really get taken by Martians. Um, right. But I think it freaked my sister out, so. Okay. But, I mean, I've, I've told, we've told other people that story before, and they've seen this movie, and they're like, oh, that... Why didn't I think of doing that? That would have been awesome. I would have loved to freak my kids out that way. Right. That's pretty funny. So maybe at some point, I'm not going to show it to him anytime soon, but maybe at some point when I decide to show John Ezra this movie, we'll do the same thing. We'll, you know, Sharon, That's and, cool. Sharon and I will get up the next morning. We'll put Band-Aids on the back of our necks and burn some bacon. Yeah. See, and, and you know what? This This seems like people that would, you know, I could see why people would like this movie. 
you know, and, and we've talked about the Canon Films Group. I would see why people would like this movie even more than like a, a Delta Force because it was, or maybe not more than like a Delta Force. I could see where action movie people would love to watch Delta Force because, hey, yeah, Chuck, you know, right. Chuck Norris is driving around with a motorcycle equipped with missiles. Cool. And I could see where people that are into, you know, B-movie alien invader movies and all that just this is another take on it and hey it's fun you know the aliens come and what would you do and i just don't think at its core i don't really think i get excited for that so you got to show me something really special to get me into this genre so that's why i was like eh, it came and went but yeah there's enough in here i mean if you're if you're into it then you know you'll see right past all the b movie stuff and just probably see it as a fun little ride you know yeah yeah, and that was, and I don't remember if we ever saw, I don't remember if I saw the 1953 version before watching the 86 one, because I would have been a whole lot younger, so I probably wouldn't remember it quite as much, but um, okay. but I do remember seeing it at some point, and I just remember, you know, my dad liked these kind of movies, and I, you know, I liked them too, we always used to watch them together, so we'd watch movies like the old B-movies or the cult movies like The Blob, or... Uh, invasion right. of the body snatchers or war of the worlds or you know some of these older um you know we always watch like the twilight zone and I, some of this older stuff so then when you started to get some of these movies getting remade um you know then as a kid i'm like okay well that's cool i like i this is kind of like those old movies that we used to watch but it's new like it's updated um you know new kid in it and and it's more like today's technology and but it's like those old you know, sci-fi B movies we used to watch same right. kind of feel to it, same kind of campiness to it. The only problem is I don't know if that works. And especially now it, it obviously didn't work in 86 cause the movie didn't do very well, but right. I don't know that it works now. We're kind of veering from the, what we liked into what we kind of disliked, but that's okay. Well, okay. my point I think is going to be the same as yours is that watching this as an adult, as a kid, I loved it. I okay. lo loved it was scared of it, which is exactly what you want out of a movie like this. You want to be a little scared. Um, as an adult, it didn't, I, and I like the way you put it, it, it didn't really know how funny it was. Yeah. Like if they had taken the route of being a spoof, if they would have just said, oh, hey, we're going to take these old uh, sci-fi alien invasion abduction movies and we are going to spoof the heck out of this and we're going to make it a funny version of it then I think maybe it would have been, you know, like with today's, um, you know, the scary movies or the, um, oh, what are some of the other spoof movies that they do? Um, I'm going to blank out on all of them, but like when they would do the scary movies and the not another teen right. movie and the teen movie. Right. Yeah, stuff like yeah that. exactly. Exactly. If this had been that, if it had been, let's make fun of these old B movies and towards the end, it feels like it is. But the problem is, I think this movie doesn't know what it is and it starts yeah. off being very serious. Like it takes itself seriously. And then as the movie goes on, you're like, well, um, I don't know if I should be laughing or yeah. it's one of those movies where you're not sure if it's something you should laugh at or not because right. it, it's, it's, it's not writing the line between comedy and serious movie. It doesn't even know where the line is. Right. Like the, the line yeah. has been erased or we've walked so far away from the line. We're not even, we're in a different County. Right. And now they might in your, I, I think you were kind of saying, would that survive today? It seems like we've had a couple of those movies and maybe there's been, maybe there were some like in 84 and 85. 
Um, but we didn't get to them because we were blending two years together. But it seems like there's been a couple of those this year. You know, we talked about Delta Force. Um, you know, this one, we talked about um, Iron Eagle. And they're just low-budget movies that we kind of end by saying, geez, if they really would have just put this much effort into it or if they would have changed these things or if they would have taken it seriously, the concept is really cool but it just ends up being like a B movie yeah. guilty pleasure, if you want to call it. And I, I, there's a couple other that are slipping my mind, but like Delta force, you know, I'm just kind of like, okay, that was fun. Yeah. Whatever. All right. Um, um, this one. Okay. The, the whole alien invader thing isn't my thing, but I can see where people now iron Eagle. Okay. Now. And I remember we, we had a group discussion and like, you know, that, that movie I, you could safely say was panned by our group. Mm -hmm. I can, I can sit down and watch Iron Eagle and have a good time. Yeah. And yeah, sure, I wince when it's funny and doesn't know it. And I, I mean, I kind of go, Oh geez, what are they showing when it's the kind of campiness, but I can enjoy it. So I, I just think that maybe back then you had a lot of those movies that were made, not really well-made, but people would still check them out because, you know, it was fun for them. They were into something about that movie. Well, and I, a movie like this, what I do is I kind of, and I, I, I caught myself doing this too, as I'm watching the movie, I'm not really so much invested in the movie. I'm just waiting for those scenes that I know that are the ones I really love. Right. Like I'm sitting here waiting going, oh, it's, it's, it's getting to the part where she's going to eat the frog. Like I remember yeah. that as a kid, like that being this really gross part that was really cool and she's going to eat the frog. And, and so then I found that I wasn't invested in the story and I, did, I could really care less about the kid and whether he survived or whatnot. But I, I was like, okay, there's this really kind of awesome, cool, gross scene that's coming up. And I remember from watching that as a kid or the, uh, the Martian brain thing is going to come out. Um, you know, that's coming yeah. up soon. So it's one of those movies where I don't know that I get too invested in the story or invested in the movie itself. But if I had, you know, if, if I had my remote and if I knew exactly where those scenes were and what chapters on the DVD they were in, I think I would just skip to those and be like, oh, yeah, it's that scene where, where she eats the frog or it's, you know, this scene where they get sucked down into the sand for the first time. Or I think right. it, I think it's one of those movies where if this is on TV and it's not going to be on TV, but if this was on TV, I wouldn't stop and watch it unless it was on one of those scenes. Right. And then, OK. And then I would watch that scene and then I would move on. Yeah. And, and, you know, to, to bring it up to today, you know, before you mentioned, are we ever going to get saturated with star Wars movies? Are we ever going to get saturated with comic book and superhero movies? And you know what, there's going to be a lot of movies, but it's like, I mean, and I'm sure someone could point me wrong, but where are these B movies being made today? It's almost like they're not being made. It's just that the bulk of movies that are being made are all, you know, they're making them more. Am I going to say they're making more good movies? I, I don't know. That's, that seems like a pretty big step. But you know what I'm saying? It's oh, there's, just like. There's plenty of B movies being made today. Okay. Well, I just need to, like, check them out. There is, well, I think, I think you got more of them being made today because people have more access to technology to be able to make the movies. And then you've got okay. stuff like YouTube or, other, or Netflix. And oh. if you go, do you have Netflix? Yes. Okay. So go. It may even be a category in Netflix, but if you go, if you go searching beyond like the first couple of pages of Netflix results, especially go into like sci-fi. Okay. Um, I know you're not going to go to horror, so go to sci-fi, and just go search beyond like the first couple of pages, and there is tons of stuff 
out there oh. that is just it's totally modern B movie. Um, some of it's hilarious, and, and okay. you know, well, and think about it this way: like your your B movies now would be like Sharknado. Okay. So that would be, you know, that would be considered your stuff that's like on the sci-fi channel. It's like the, you know, Croca Shark or, or whatever, yeah. you know, whatever two creatures they're blending together now. Um, so they're still getting made today, but it's kind of a, I don't know if it's like the, uh, well, no, I guess you'd still be a, a fan of like some of the old B movies if you're going to search out the, uh, the ones that they make now. You know, I I don't know. I don't know what, I, I think you got to be a fan of the old B movies to, to be a fan of some of the newer ones too, because then you get the idea of these are movies that are not taking themselves too seriously. They take a ridiculous concept and yeah. they're going to run with it, but they're not taking themselves too seriously. They know that this is a campy idea. They know, in fact, it, it's a benefit if the acting is bad because that's part of what makes it a B movie. It's become, it's, it... It's become whereas maybe these old B movies didn't know how silly they were. Right now, this has become just a thing. Right, it's because I know if I go watch something like a Sharknado, I expect the acting to be bad. Like I'm looking forward to the acting being bad, so I can comment on how bad it is. This movie, I think, rides a line where it doesn't. Like the acting is bad, but I don't. I mean, I don't want to put words in the mouths of the people that made this movie, but at the same time, I'm like, may, I don't know that they knew. I can't see this. I can't see the director and all these people getting together and making a movie and purposefully making it bad. No. So I this movie, I think, is just, I think it's too, it's too ambiguous. It's not defined as to whether it's a spoof or whether it's supposed to be a serious remake of this old 50s movie. Yeah, because the old '50s movie, the whole theme of that one was it was the, like the secret metaphor of it was communism. It was like okay. the whole idea of the Martians where they come from the red planet, and the whole idea of the Martians abducting people and re-educating them was the kind of the red scare yeah, of, of yeah, the '50s. Yeah. And it was you know this is what the communists are going to do to us, and um, you know, and and that whole idea. The '86 movie, it. I don't think there is any innuendo. It's there's just, no, no, there's no, like, there's no underlying message. It just, everything happens. And yeah. Yeah. So I have a question. Sure. Um, since, since we both watched this movie and I know that you did actually watch a nightmare on Elm street. Cause I think you, you did mention that you did suffer through it. Um, I did. I did. I made it. I made it through. Okay. So my question is, does every school in the eighties have a boiler room just like in nightmare on Elm street? I, you know what? It must be because I looked at that boiler room and I was like, holy buckets, man. That thing's got, you know, levels and, and, mm -hmm. you know, it looks like a scene out of, you know, it actually, it looks like a scene out of um, the end of uh, The Legend of the Drunken Master with Jackie Chan. Yeah, it does. In, in, that, in that smelting, it looked like, like a steel smelting plant mm -hmm. or something like that, you know? I have, I half expected them to like break through a wall and then jump into this little mine cart and it was going to be like, uh, you know, temple, yeah, temple of doom or that's something. Right. That was, that was quite a room down there. So, um, one funny thing when they are, um, when they're down in that boiler room and there's some like old school supplies and other stuff down there. Uh, one of the props, I think they had some boxes from the drama department and one of the props down there is this, it looks like a, this alien thing inside of a glass bubble. Um, okay. that was the, the, uh, Martian brain thing, like the Martian leader from this movie. Yeah. In the 50s version, it was a little guy, uh, a little silver guy with tentacles inside of a bubble. So that prop 
um, that you can spot when the when the police are looking for them in the boiler room. Uh, okay. One of, one of the police officers kind of shines his light on that prop, and you can kind of see it uh, for like a second or two. Um, but that was the same one that they had from the the fifties movie. Oh, cool! So that, right. was, that was kind of cool. Um, yeah. So I I mean this this movie is what it is, and like you said, they get to the point where, um, you know they they get to the military, the general. Uh, grabs those two NASA guys who is apparently they apparently had checked out Copper Hill and gave it a clean bill of health. They try to shoot him, um, you know, and then then you see that whatever's in their necks kills them if they fail or if they not that they would go against what the Martians have programmed them to do. But um, instead of being captured, they'll you know they'll they'll set their little things off in their neck and it'll kill them. Um, right. And then you kind of get the military involved, and then that's where you get into the okay, well this is. This is where if they if they wanted this to be a spoof, this is now the perfect time. Like you've brought in the military, there's all kinds of goofy military stuff that you can do, oh, yeah. um, and, and and let's just run with it. But um, so we do get to the part where I, th- I thought it was kind of funny. They um, they get to the part where they get downstairs or they get in the tunnels of the Martian ship, and that one uh, Doctor Weinstein tries to talk to one of the Martian creatures. Yes. And he's like, oh, you, you can understand me. You did. And he goes through that whole thing, and then they vaporize him, which, again, yeah. would have been one of the parts that I'm sure my dad would have just been howling at. Um, and uh, I think at that point, oh, yeah, and then that's around about the time that David, the little kid, and Linda, the nurse, get sucked down uh, into the sand when David runs out to try to find his parents. Um, right. And they he wakes up, and he, they finally see what is he doing grill that gets people in the back of the neck and implants whatever the thing is um and then they bring david before the supreme martian intelligence which is basically i guess krang from teenage Mm. mutant ninja turtles that's what i was gonna say so apparently krang is from mars um and uh david kind of he tries to reason with the supreme martian intelligence he was like just you know you can't do this to people give my parents back and and uh you know when all else fails um, when reason doesn't work, then you try to hit the supreme Martian intelligence and you call him a dick brain. Yes, that's, <laughs> that's, that's how I live my life. Because when diplomacy fails, <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> so you, yeah. you do it, do what you got to do. But when diplomacy fails, that's, there's always that course of action too. Which, which that insult calling someone that that's one I haven't heard before. Yeah. I, especially, especially a Martian. I, I don't even know what that means. I, I mean, you know what I'm saying? I mean, that's how awesome that insult is. I know. So, and I'm, I'm sure as a kid, I thought that was hilarious and I'm, I probably giggled quite a bit at it. Sure. You know, the part, you know, what I would like to see is when they had, they were at the end of this thing and they were like in the gunfight trying to like get out and then <clears throat> the electricity was coming down and blowing those guys up. Yeah. And then the one guy ran out with the rocket launcher. He's like, everybody down. And he like shoots this rocket launcher. All I wanted to hear was that scene. In fact, I might figure out how to do this and put it up on YouTube. I wanted to hear the Delta Force music <laughs> over them. Do, 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 put it doom. You know, when they're in the, the gunfight, it would have been perfect, you know? So I could have, it's kind of like you, those videos that you showed me with the uh, um, Guile's theme goes yes. with everything. It's yes. Delta Force theme goes with every military attack. I, I think that would be awesome. I think you just put that in there for everything. Um, there were some great lines. Oh, well, let me back up for a second. The music, uh, the music really bothered me at the beginning. Like when it got to the end and it was more like the military stuff and the attack and it was that, then that's okay. That's fine. Right. 
I felt like at the beginning, and I wasn't even really trying to pay attention to the music, but at the beginning of the movie, maybe for like for the first 20 minutes or so, I felt like I was watching a movie and that somebody was playing elevator music in the background. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, this is not, this is not a good use of music. If, if the music is taking me out of the movie to the point where I'm sitting there like, what did, I, I feel like I'm watching a movie in an elevator. Yeah. So yeah, not a fan of the music, not a fan of the music in this one. Um, but I would have been a fan had they taken the Delta Force theme and I inserted I don't it through the end of the movie. You'd have to go far and wide to find someone that would not be a fan if they did that. I'll see what I can do. I'll see if I can pull up the video. I'll put that music in there for you, and I'll, I'll send it to you. Yeah, man. Let's do that. Um, so let's see. What else have we got in here? Um, there were some really great lines, from, particularly from General Wilson. Um, Don't worry about it, son. Marines have no qualms about killing Martians. Yes. And uh, when they find out that it's copper that powers everything, great, Scott. Hasn't anybody got a penny? Yes, that one was that was pretty good. And then what was the line as he's asking, "Great Scott, hasn't anybody got a penny?" What does the one soldier say? Um, it was like we're. I'm sorry, we're not supposed to carry loose change in combat. Yeah, it's like it's like we don't have any pockets or something like that. Sorry, so we're not supposed to carry loose change in the combat. Or... Yeah, I I just don't even or in I, a combat zone, right? Or it was something even more. Yeah, and I, and, and then I hear stuff like that, and I'm like. The guy that wrote Alien wrote the screenplay for this, and and doesn't see it as funny. How can he not? How can they not? How can they not see this as funny? What's right. Being like, bad? did they did they tell? Did they tell the writer it was supposed to be a spoof, but they told the director it was supposed to be a serious movie? Yeah, I, I don't I know. Don't, knowing I, knowing the two guys that produced this, it wouldn't. I wouldn't put it past them. Yeah. And supposedly they micromanaged the heck out of this movie and they pulled funding and all kinds of other stuff at different times, which they were fairly well known for doing. So I think maybe this one's a mess because of the producers, because of the Canon group, the Menachem, Golan, the Golan and Globus guys. I think they I think they may have been part of the reason this movie was killed. No, and his his thing is, I mean, and they pulled funding. Why? Because they just we've spent too much money on it. And My understanding is they're cheap. Okay. Or they were cheap. One of them's not alive anymore, and they don't have their the Canon film group isn't around anymore. Um, but apparently there was a story, and this might have been in that documentary that I was talking about, the Electric Boogaloo. Um, okay. The um, the wild history of Canon films, or whatever that documentary that's on uh, Netflix or was on Netflix before, and. I think this was a story they were telling about invaders from Mars that they brought them onto either they brought them onto the set or they showed them an early draft of the film and they were watching it. And you know, they had the parts where the Martian creatures came out and everything else. And they, they had these like really confused looks on their faces, the two producers. And when it was over, like they got really upset and they're like, I don't understand. Where's this? Where's this? Where, where are, where are the women? Where's the, they thought they were sitting down to watch a screening of a different movie that they were currently, that yeah. they were producing at the time that had like Amazon women and other stuff in it. Okay. And they were making like, they didn't realize it even when they were criticizing it saying, we told you to have this and this and this. And the director and the other guys were like, this is invaders from Mars. <laughs> and apparently the, either they didn't admit it at first or they kept going with it. And they're like, no, this needs to have this. And that. And I'm like, okay, well, then that's just kind of an indication that you either have too many plates spinning yeah, or you just don't care and you're not a very good producer. Right. 
Right. But yeah, I, I think when it comes down to it, I think if this was a spoof of the original, it probably would have been better. But it was just, yeah, it's just I, a little too campy to take itself seriously. Right. Right. I think. Yeah. Or even if. You know, like, even, yeah, yeah, and maybe I'm just going to, like, think of Dragnet. Think of the TV show Dragnet, and then think of the movie Dragnet. Yeah. It was, now, obviously, that was much better done, the acting, the blah, 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 but that's what they did. They took something that was kind of a serious-ish cop drama, and then they, you know, they made it for, they made it more of a, not campy, but they it wasn't afraid to laugh at itself. There were touches of humor in there, and I think if they would have done that, I think they would have gotten a better movie. Yeah. Agreed. All right. So, well, I know we are, we're kind of, uh, we're running a little bit over on our time. We, I think we've been recording for about an hour now, but um, I did have one last question I want to get in real quick uh, sure. for this one. And that is, I, we've, I'm trying to think of how many remakes like we've, we've done some sequels on our podcast so far, but I'm, I'm trying to think back to remakes. Um, we've talked a little bit about remakes here and there, like remaking uh, short circuit. We talked about the one time. Like, would you know, would you remake Short Circuit today? And if so, have they already done it with some of these other movies or um, or Ghostbusters? You know, they're doing the Ghostbusters remake, and and but this one is a remake of a much older one. So, just as a general question, how do you feel about remakes? When when well, is when is a remake successful, and when is it not? Well, let's see. Um... Here's here's one, and I've I've said this before. I think that there's been several good movies about the about Pearl Harbor, um, you know. So if you want to if you want to put it in that vein, which I don't think it was a remake, but the, the Michael Bay one being your favorite. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You got that right. <laughs> um, yeah. There's another case of a movie that just didn't know how funny it was. Um, but you look at like Tora, Tora, Tora. And then you look at Pearl Harbor. So that would be the case of, man, he shouldn't have remade that movie. That being said, you get the right person in there to do it. And then I think, you know, you've got something that's very, very strong. You know what I'm saying? Like that could have been. If done right, no can defense. Right, exactly. And so I think that's probably going to be it with everything. Um, The times that remakes don't work. We did Conan. And I saw the new Conan just to compare it. And it was kind of like, it was fun action movie, but it didn't capture the magic of the original. And I think that was maybe, maybe because the original was the original, maybe because Arnold Schwarzenegger brought something to it where the other guy just kind of was nameless, faceless, big muscle guy that wielded a sword, you know? Um, what about like for this one in particular, what about the fact that it has a twist ending? Because the 1953 one has almost the exact same twist ending. Okay. So if you're going to do a remake, do you do the exact same twist ending that the old movie had? And when I'm thinking about that, the first movie that popped into my head was the newer, um, uh, I'm going to blank out on it. Um, planet of the apes, the one with Mark Wahlberg. Yes, yes, yes. So I'm thinking of that one, and I'm thinking you got Planet of the Apes, iconic movie. At the end, you've got the whole thing where he rides in, he's riding on the horse, he gets there on the beach, Statue of Liberty is sticking up out of the ground. That's the end right. of the movie, and you realize that you know he's been on Earth this whole time. Okay. New uh, Planet of the Apes, you get to 
and I'm trying to remember the sequence of events here. Like he gets in his he gets in his ship, and he's planning to travel back. Um, but then when he crashes his ship on Earth, um, the police, all these cop cars, like he crashes in front of the Lincoln Memorial and all these cop cars pull up and out of the cop cars jump these gorillas and you look up at the Lincoln Memorial and it's a statue of an ape. That's right. I remember when that happens. Okay. So at least with that one, you know, and that movie didn't do very well either. Um, at least with that one though, you decided, okay, well the old one had a twist ending we're going to do a twist ending too, but at least we're going to make it different enough that you're going to sit there and go, aha, okay. So they didn't do Statue of Liberty. They changed it up a little bit. And they okay. did Lincoln Memorial. I didn't, whatever. So if you're going to do a remake, so here's, here's the thing, I guess, with twist endings. If you're going to do a remake, do you reuse the twist ending or do you go for something different? Like, I'm trying to think of other movies that have like big secrets to the Sixth Sense. Let's say they remake the Sixth Sense. Did you yeah. ever, well, that's a scary one, so I don't know if you saw it. Yeah, yeah, I saw enough of it. Okay. And you, so you know the twist of that one. I know the twist. Well, that was the one that my buddy ruined for me. Remember that? Or not oh, my yeah, buddy, yeah, my yeah. Well, he's not your buddy anymore. He's not my friend anymore. He ain't alive anymore. No. Well, that's, uh, <laughs> that's the real twist. Um, that's the real. No, like, So, yeah, like, if they, were to, if they were to remake The Sixth Sense, would you want him to keep the same twist in there? So that you, having seen the old one, are like, ah, ha, ha, ha. see, I'm, I'm in on the thing here because I saw the original. Or would you want them to change it up enough so that it's not the same twist and, and you get to be surprised along with everyone else? I think, I think I, the latter. I think surprise like everyone else. You know, um, yeah, I think, that's, I think that's, that's cool. Keep it guessing. You know, to just do it the same way. Now, I haven't seen the 50s one, and I got to admit, I was a little confused with the ending. His parents were there. Everything was okay. Then he saw the ship land again. He freaks out. He goes running downstairs. But then he just was screaming. Why was he screaming? Yeah. (laughs) I mean, and then I thought maybe Mm -hmm. I dozed off and I missed something. Like maybe the parents really were aliens, and he saw him walking out to the ship. Maybe you, like maybe that. you didn't really watch the movie. Maybe maybe you dreamed the whole thing. Yeah. So I don't know. That's I, that twist ending thing. I it just the it, the twist ending of this one is a little strange. The twist ending of the fifties one at least is a little bit better because you get the idea of okay, so the kid he dreamt this. Okay. And then it's the same kind of twist ending. It, it's like. Okay, is he dreaming this again? Like, is he stuck in this recurring nightmare? Right. Or did he dream what was going to happen to him? Okay. Like, is, it a, is it a prophetic dream? Or is it something else? And so you get the idea, like, at the end of the movie, it's it's the same case. The, the kid is looking out the window, and he doesn't run screaming to his parents' room. He, he does when he first wakes up. He runs there. He tells him the dream. They tell him to go back to bed, and then you see flashing lights out the window again. He goes right. to the window and he goes, gee whiz, and then that's it. Movie's over. Yeah. This one, like you're right. The kid goes running to his parents' bedroom a second time, and then he opens up the door, and you hear like this sound of the Martian monsters kind of making noises in the background, and he just starts screaming, no, no. Okay, so he's in his parents' bedroom then. Yeah, he's in his parents' bedroom. When he opens up the door and there's all those flashing lights and he starts screaming no, that's when he runs into his parents' bedroom. Okay. So then the idea is, well, then what the heck is going on? Yeah. Because, like, is he, again, is he still 
dreaming? Is he? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I see. So that's, that's where that's thing. where that part kind of falls apart a little bit too. Yeah, I got to admit, and like that's where a movie, you know, and I know it's all a movie, but you know, you put yourself in that situation, um, like, oh my gosh, well, what would I do in real life? I think I would pull at that point. I, I would just kind of be like, I pull a Poe Dameron. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, what happens next? You talk or I talk? Yeah, you um, talk. I talk. Do I talk or you? Uh, this whole mask thing. I'm just, you know, that's. I was just like, okay, I, I, I'm, are they real? Are they not real? Does the kid get it? What's going on? Are they the parents? Does he have to kill them? What's right? I mean, what's what's going on here? Right. So that that. So you know, to go back to your question, I, I mean, yeah, I think you, you if you're going to put a twist in, you got to put a different twist. Um, I agree. You know, yeah, I think I, I think this movie, watching it now, I think this movie does not hold up. I don't, I don't think it held up in the '80s, but um, right. you know, if you love B movies, then I think you're going to love this movie. Right. Uh, if you love those old alien invasion movies like Invasion of the Body Snatchers and you know, the other B movies like the blob and some of that stuff, the return of the living dead, you know, those type of things, then yes, you're going to, you're probably going to love this movie. Um, watching it now as an adult, I don't think anybody's going to rush out and buy the Blu-ray of this one. Um, anytime soon, unless you're already a fan of it. Yeah. It does not hold up. There's plenty of other good alien invasion or alien movies, alien abduction movies that you could go watch, um, that are far superior to this one. So, right. Um, right. Speaking of, so I think that's going to do. If you, do you got anything else for uh, Invaders from Mars? No, that's that's pretty much it. I mean, okay. cue the next hour of discussion on should we do remakes or should we not do remakes? And, right. And I think it can all be summed up for me. It could be summed up as are they good or are they bad? Because I make this big point about oh you shouldn't do them, and I'm thinking of a bad remake. Mm-hmm. Then I'm going to think of, oh, you know what? It would really be cool to do a remake, but then I'm thinking of good remakes. Mm-hmm. So I, it just depends. Well, and so we may have to get into that discussion next time because they're going to have to remake Star Trek Four. Yeah. Because we're next time next week we're going to be talking Star Trek Four. So yes. if you'd like to, if you'd like to leave us some feedback, you can do that on Twitter at Thirty Podcast, or you can go to Thirty podcastcom and you can get in touch with us there either through the voicemail, email, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Smoke Signals, Telegraph, at whatever, however you want to do it. Give us a call. Uh, you you can give us a call. That's fine. Um, but uh, they're gonna. I'm, I'm thinking about it. they're gonna have to remake Star Trek Four. Because yeah. if you think about it, the new Star Trek movie that came out in 2009, that yeah. one changed because, you know, they came back, you know, the, the Romulans came back in time and they blew up Vulcan and they killed Kirk's dad and, you know, yeah. all, all that other stuff. So they changed the timeline. But what they didn't change is in Star Trek Four, that alien probe had been on its way to Earth for at least a couple hundred years because they had killed off all the whales. Right. It was on its way. So in the new Star Trek timeline, that probe is still on its way. It's happening, man. Yeah. I and know. so just because the Romulans did some stuff and killed Kirk's dad and blew up Vulcan, that doesn't mean that that probe is going to be going, oh, I should cut these guys a break. It's nope. still on the way. So the new Kirk and new Spock and new all those guys, they're going to have to go back in time, grab some whales, and bring them back to the future. It's only arrogant presumption to assume the message must the message must be meant for man. Right. Which, when you think about it, Star Trek IV is also an alien abduction movie. Yep. 
you have future men and an alien, Spock, coming back in time and abducting these whales and bringing no. them into the future. So you've not you've got a time travel movie, alien abduction, um, Greenpeace, whatever I don't know, but it's it's a movie for everybody. Captain Kirk saves the whales, man. Mm-hmm. So that'll be the one that we're doing this this next time around. So if you've got any feedback for us, if you got any feedback for us on Invaders from Mars, if you loved it and you think we're totally wrong, you're wrong. But uh, you can go ahead and send us some feedback. Uh, send it uh, care of Dennis Matuch. Um, right. He again, he is our complaint department, so he will answer all those questions. Um, yes. But uh, go, feel free to go ahead and send those. And then next time around, so we flip flopped it a little bit because um, Bo is a huge Star Trek fan, and he definitely wanted to be here to talk Star Trek Four. So next time around, we are talking Star Trek Four, and we flip flopped it. And the very end of the month will be one of my favorite, favorite, favorite movies of all time is Aliens. Um, yes. I feel about Aliens roughly the same way you feel about Commando. Yes. I love aliens. So, yeah, if you got anything you want to share with us uh, related to Star Trek IV, related to Invaders from Mars, heck, we can even go on back to Short Circuit or any of our other shows uh, or coming up for Aliens, let us know. know. Uh, Otherwise, we will see you all next time. So for myself, John, and Pat, we'll see you all next time. Thanks for joining us.